0: Well, it's good to see you here this morning, you know, it's always, to me, I look forward to Sunday mornings. I get get to come into God's house, I get to speak about God, tell y'all about God, and uh, it's just a time that we need to spend in worship and thanking God for everything He's done. How many of us just take the time, sometimes through the week, just to stop? and tell God thank you for what you've done for me this week, for blessing me, for walking with me, for being with me. You know, many of us, we don't stop and think about that. We really don't. And it's always God loves for us to take that time and come to Him, just one-on-one, and just tell Him thank you. I know that I try to do that. I know there's some days that I forget. But I try to remember to say, Lord, thank you for all you've done for me today. And you know, we're living in a time right now that we're going through a lot of stuff. We have a lot of worries. We have a lot of problems. The devil is just really trying to pour things out upon us. My message this morning, I've entitled it, I Shall Not Fear. How many let fear come into their life? How many of you let the devil bring you down, discourage you, and tell you, hey, it don't do you any good to pray? God's not listening to you. Well, see, that is what the devil does. He tries to discourage us. He tries to bring us down. And... uh, before I really get into the message, I've got a couple things here that I want to say about fear before we get into the message. As I was reading through the Bible and I was looking for some things, I run across some things, and I want to share a couple things with you this morning to help us understand fear. There's two kinds of fear, really. And uh, the Bible, like I said, the Bible makes it clear in, uh, in several of the verses, fear can cause our mind and our judgment not to be clear. When you get so full of fear and the devil is coming against you, your mind is not thinking right, and that's what the devil is doing. And uh, it's leading us to make uh, decisions that we probably wouldn't ordinarily make. We make some bad decisions sometimes when the, when we get fear in our minds. We're not thinking like we should be thinking. And... Uh, And it's things, if we do things we wouldn't do ordinarily if we had a clear mind. But the devil, when he gets that opportunity, he's going to come against you. We know that the Bible tells us, for for Satan came only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his job. And Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it in an abundance. So you have to make your choice. You can walk with Jesus and have an abundant life or you can just let devil come in. You know, you can rebuke Satan. The Bible tells us we can. That we can rebuke Satan. And when we use Jesus' name and rebuke face, Satan, the Bible also says he must flee. He has to leave. Now, he will come back. He will come back. But he, he, you get that peace for a little while. And each time he comes back, you have the power through Christ to rebuke him and make him leave again. See, that's what what Jesus did in the desert when he was coming against him. He used God's Word, he rebuked him, and he would leave. But we see in the Bible, during that time, that he came back to Jesus three times. And each time, Jesus used the Word of God and drove him out. See, Jesus is saying, if you will use the Word of God, if you will use Scripture, you can make Satan leave you. He will return. But you can make him leave each time that you use God's Word. Because Satan has to be obedient to God himself. He knows the power of God. He knows what God can do. He's dealt with God, and he's never won a battle with God yet. He never will. So he knows the power of God. And like I said, there are at least two kinds of fear that are mentioned in the Bible. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. We think fear, frightened, scared. But there's a there's another fear too. There's another fear. The first kind of fear is the fear of the Lord, which is healthy and we are encouraged to have that. What do you mean, fearing God? You scared what? Now, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. But uh, the second kind of fear the Bible talks about is a spirit of fear, and we're going to look at that in a minute. The spirit of fear, which God says I did not give you, the spirit of fear. That comes from somewhere else. That comes from Satan, and we're going to look at that in a minute. And uh, but what does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Here in Proverbs eight thirteen, listen to what he says. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and pride, and arrogance, and the evil ways, and the forward mouth, or the lying mouth. This is, God says, these things I hate. The fear of the Lord, so we see the fear of the Lord is, we're to hate evil, we're to hate pride, and arrogance. And walking in the ways of evil. We know a lot of men. They walk in the ways of the evil. God says, I hate that. I hate that. And perverted speech. What is perverted speech? God hates perverted speech. Speech, perverted speech. Lying, cursing, gossip, and those kind of things. God says, I don't like that. I hate it. You know, and in a church, Gossip can ruin a church. Who you gossip? you gossip gossiping about each other. And God says, I hate that. That's my people. I love you. Don't gossip. If, a, if there's a problem, go to that person. Put your arms around them. Love on them. And talk with them. Don't go spreading it around. Because a lot of times when you're spreading gossip, you don't even have the full truth. Most of the time we don't have the full truth in gossip. It just all of a sudden you're gossiping this and then it changes to something else and then to something else. And pretty soon there's none of it true. And all you're doing is hurting that other people. And you're making people look at you and say, Boy, I wonder if they're doing that about me. Don't gossip. Don't gossip. It hurts. And God says, I hate it. Don't do it those are my people you're my people and I love you and all you're doing is tearing each other down when you do that God says don't gossip don't gossip don't lie don't run around with evil because that evil they're gonna to try to turn you away from God See, evil is a is from Satan gossip is from Satan lying is from Satan Doesn't the Bible say that Satan is the father of all lies? And Satan, when he opens up his mouth, he cannot tell you the truth. He's going to lie to you. And God hates it. God hates it. And that is what he said. And uh, so here we see, in other words, God, fearing God does not mean being afraid of something, but being for what God, is for and for what God is against we're to be what God is for and we're to be against what God's against the fear of the of the love fear of love of, excuse me <clears throat> my glasses here my eyes are kind of watery it said the fear of the Lord is having an attitude of respect and love for all of God for all that God is in which includes his unfailing love, his mercy, his power, his glory. That's how we're to love God for these things, because all of this comes back to us. God's love, he showers us with it. His mercy on us, thank God. His power to overrule the evil things in our life and to meet our prayer needs. And for his glory for God's glory we should be praising God telling others about God telling others what God has done in our life give God the glory well I'll tell you what you know and most people want to hear you give a a, a good praise report let me tell you what God has done for me let me tell you how he's helped me let me tell you how he got me through this because that person may be going through the same thing and they're listening they want to know Well. If God tell me how God got you through it. Tell me what I need to do for God to get me through it. That's simple. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Worship Him, love Him, serve Him. And watch how your life changes. Watch what God does and how He'll bless you. And uh and the fear of the Lord has many blessings and benefits. When you actually fear the Lord, that's that that's that, you know, fearing the Lord is having total respect. You're in awe of what God can do, who God is, and how He blesses your life. And you want to tell others, or you should want to tell others, what God has done for you. People, You know, I'm wondering, you come, you sit in church, do you ever tell anybody in church what God's done for you? Lift their spirits, too. They're needing to hear it. And, uh, But the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 111.10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the starting of wisdom. When you fear the Lord, you love the Lord, you trust the Lord, you believe in the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom of who the Lord is in your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding. Have all those who do His commandments. When we when we believe the Lord, listen to the Lord, do what the Lord says, He, he blesses us. And His praise endures forever. That's, that's in Psalms. Telling us the blessings that can come on us when we truly love and serve the Lord. We have the fear of the Lord and when I say fear of the Lord, I, I, we should do it. I'm going to be honest with you. You should be scared of what the Lord can do if we're not obedient. If we don't love Him. If we're false Christians. God, God's gonna, you, you're you're going to answer to Him. You're going to answer to Him. So, godly fear, That's good. Spirit of fear, which is not trust in God, that's bad. So those are the two fears that the Bible talks about. And what I want to do, I just want to, I just want to share some things here with you. But I want you to know about these two different fears: fear of the Lord, loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, worshiping, praising Him because of how awesome He is, and then. The spirit of fear is from Satan. And I'm going to show you something here in a minute in 2 Timothy 1.7. But, you know, like I said, right now we're living in a time of uncertainty. We're convinced or concerned about things that's going on in this world today. We're concerned about war, mass shootings. Have you ever seen the light of mass shootings going on? The copycats that come in trying to kill and shoot more people than the one before them. It's a copycat thing, that's what they're even saying. And it's everywhere. We've had them right here in Fort Worth, just recently in the last few days. Terrorism, you know, we still have terrorism here in this, in this country. Our economy, our health, our children's health. These are things that we're concerned about. These are things that worry us. You know, these things here, we should be lifting up our children, and all our country, and all these things to God daily. asking, God, I pray to you that you will do something about this. Lord, this, this country is your country. This United States belongs to you. You know, at one time, this country, like I said the other night, it was formed on what the Bible said. It went by what the Bible said. They went by what God said. And now it's all being perverted. It's all being changed. They're trying to take God out of everything and they've taken God out of a lot of things. But they'll never, ever completely take God out. God will do something before that happens. God's going to come back with a vengeance, and all these people that are starting and doing all these things are going to pay a dear price. They're going to stand before God. And they're going to have to answer to God. You know, And what we need to remember about God is He's our Heavenly Father. He's the creator of this universe. He's the one who has formed the heavens, the earth. And you know how He did it? Out of nothing. They said everything was void. There was nothing. And God simply spoke and said, let it be. And it was. That's the power of our God. You know, and we take this for granted. We don't realize how powerful God is at times and uh when we place our trust in them you know when we place our trust in god god has given us a promise Anybody know what that promise is look at hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 this is a promise from god that if we will call upon god honor god be faithful to god he says let your conversation be without covetous. What is conversation? He says it right here. That's kind of strange. It's kind of different. He said, but let your conversation. You know what he's talking about? Let your lifestyle, the way you live, the way you talk, the way you honor me, be without covetous. Be content with the things you have. For God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake. God is telling us that he will not abandon us, but he will be with us through whatever it is that we go through. He said, I'm not going to leave you out there as orphans. I'm your father. Let me ask you something. Dale, would you leave your kids to defend for themselves, or would you help them? That's right, and that's the way God is. We are God's children. Every father in here, every mom in here, loves and cares for their children they're gonna stand up for those children they're gonna go through things that they wouldn't normally go through if their children are involved because of their love for those children See, that's what, that's what God does it's his love for us now I don't know would we send our child to die for somebody would you send your child out to die for a criminal a murderer a rapist God did because so that's how much he loved you. He said he loved us while we were yet sinners. He sent his son for us. We had not con- we were still in our sins when he sent Jesus. So that's why he says he matter of fact, I think it's uh, third, uh John 3 17. He says, I did not send my son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He sent Jesus to save us. That's his love. And he still has that love for us. He still cares about us. You know, God is telling us he will not abandon us when things get hard and when things get tough. We just have to have faith in him and trust him. You know, it's God's desire that we would draw closer to him in our love and in our worship. That's why God says, draw closer to me. Get closer to me where I can feel you, know you. Let me feel your breath on me. Let me hear your small words. Get so close that I miss nothing. And and he says, and he wants to allow his Holy Spirit to remove all of our fears. You know, God has placed his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He wants to let the Holy Spirit remove all our fears and our doubts and to comfort us. Do you know in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is called what? The Comforter. The one who comes along beside you to comfort you, to walk with you, to guide you, to help you go through certain things, that's the Holy Spirit. That's that's what God sent him to do. When Jesus went back, he said, It's important for you that I go back to my Father, and he will send you another helper, whom is called the Holy Spirit, whom is the comforter, the one who will walk beside you. The one who will be inside you. The one who will never desert you, leave you. He will always be with you. That's why Jesus went back to heaven. So he could send the comforter. The comforter. Who is the comforter? The comforter is the very spirit of God himself that's living in you. It's God's spirit that's living on the inside of you to comfort you, to help you, to to get you through certain things in your life. And, uh... Here in, uh, excuse me, here in Psalms 46, 1 through 3, listen to what it tells us about God. We need to read some of these things. You need to get in Psalms at times and just read through Psalms. It tells you some of the most wonderful and the greatest things about God, His love, His care, His compassion. Read some of the things David has to say. Look at some of the things David went through and God walked with him all the way through it. He never left him. He never forsook him. In Psalms 46, 1 through 3, look at what he says about God. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. God's always there for us and to help us. Therefore, we will not fear. When you think about God being on the inside of you, God standing right beside you, that ought to remove any fear that you have knowing the power of your loving God and how much he cares about you there will be not we will not fear though the earth be removed or in one day it will it's gonna be gone and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea it talks about that over in Revelations in the tribulation <clears throat> and be carried into the midst of the sea though the waters roar And be troubled, or they're stirred up so bad, and they're so rough, there's no way that even... It was even sinking ships. Though the mountains shake, earthquakes, with the swelling thereof. He said, even when this stuff starts happening, don't fear. Don't fear. You belong to me, and my hand is on you, and I am watching you. It tells us, you know, this is really speaking like what's going to take place in the tribulation. And you being Christians, loving God, and serving God, you're not going to be here. You don't have to fear. You're going to be in heaven. Only the ungodly, those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, only those who don't worship God, those that don't believe in God, they're going to be here. They're the ones that's going to go through these things. And and the the tribulation is the point where God pours out His total wrath god holds back nothing and these people that's going to go through this tribulation they're going to feel every bit of it to the fullest extent god will show no mercy to these people it says that even when they was going through it they were cursing god instead of repeating they were cursing god for what they were going through read that over in Revelation. it's in it's in it's it, It's in the vile where the bowls are being emptied out. And the bowls are the worst part of the tribulation. That's where where the real, real damage and stuff hits. It's all going to be bad, but the bowls are the worst. That's the very last plague that God pours out. That ends God's wrath. Even though we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring us, We need to have confidence in our god who has promised to walk with us through all of our tomorrows i love that song because he lives that's kind of what they say like because he lives i love that song when they do that it's a message to us because he lives we don't have to face a lot of things because god is with us because he lives i can face tomorrow and we don't know what tomorrow holds But it doesn't really make no difference if you're walking with God. It doesn't really make no difference if you're walking with God. What tomorrow holds? If tomorrow is your day to go to heaven, you're going to be with God. You know, in other words, God is saying, I am with you when you're on the mountain. I'm with you when you're in the valleys. I'll be with you in all the low places of your life. And you will not have to fear. God says, I'm going to be with you. The only thing about it is, are you trusting God to be with you? Do you feel like, when you're going through something, do you feel like you're going through it alone? Or do you feel like, all of a sudden you say, I'm not as scared as I thought I'd be. I know God's walking with me. I know God's with me. That's what he meant. You shall not have to fear, for I am with you. Fear not. Fear not. Knowing I'm with you. That should relieve a lot of our fears when things come against you. Knowing my Lord is with me. He hasn't deserted me. He hasn't left me. He's right here beside me. See, Satan don't want you to remember those kind of things. He did not want you to remember that if we truly believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins and rose again in complete victory over His his death and if we'll surrender our life to Him you know what happened? Your name at that point in time is written down in in the Lamb's Book of Life many people don't realize it but their name has to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life for them to enter heaven God looks in that book. If your name is not there, he just looks at it and he just shakes his head, I'm sorry. Don't stand with the sinners over here. Our name has to be in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life is when you accept Jesus Christ, you believe in your heart, and you do not doubt. And your name is put in the Lamb's Book of Life, knowing that you shall have eternal life, and eternal life is forever and ever and ever. You know, And when we do this, our eternal home is established in heaven. Your house is starting to be built. What did Jesus say? I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. That you may be where I am also. He was coming. And that is really referring to the rapture. That's referring to the rapture. He's coming back to get his church and get his people and take them back to heaven. Their home, their house is ready. He went, he prepared it. Now he's ready for you. He's come back for you. And like I said, whatever Jesus is saying this over in John, that's what he's talking about. He said, I have gone to heaven. I have prepared your place. And I wouldn't have told you this if it wasn't true. But I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And when it's through, I'm coming back for you. And you shall be with me where I am. That's heaven. He wants to come back for you. He wants to come back for you because of his love for you. See, this is what actually uh, Philippians 3.20 is saying to us. You ever just go through there and read some things about some of the promises and the benefits of serving God or... Look at Philippians 3.20, and let's see what it's saying. It says, it, Philippians 3.20 is saying, Our citizenship is in heaven, not in this world. We saying, why am I going through this? Why why am I having to live like this? Because this isn't your home. You're passing through here. You're a sojourner. You're just passing through. Your home is heaven. Everything, when you get to heaven, is going to be perfect. A beautiful home. You're going to be in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus Christ. Everything is going to be just it's going to be perfect. There's not going to be anything. You're not going to be able to find anything wrong. And I know that's going to disappoint some people. because they want to gripe about something. And they can't, because there's nothing wrong. That's what you've got to look forward to. A perfect, perfect home. A perfect father. A perfect love. You know, as a child of God and someone who believes in, 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 in their eternal future, we no longer have a reason to fear. This world, we're going to have problems as long as we're in this world. You're going to have problems as long as you're here. Because Satan's here. Look what Romans 8.15 says. For you have not received the spirit of bondage. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You haven't you, you're not to fear anymore. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you should have no fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. God says, now, you're my child. You belong to me. I have adopted you. Adoption is great. Both Linda and my grandchildren are adopted. My, my daughter couldn't have children but she adopted and you know we could not love those children anymore if they had came from her own body Linda was at the hospital when these children were born she was there she got to see them as they were born she said that's my grandchild. That's my that's mine. That's my when you accepted Jesus Christ, God said, now you're mine. You're mine. I have adopted you. You belong to me. And we could not have been happier. I know Beverly and Dale. The children. They didn't love them as much as they can. They couldn't love them anymore. God gave them to them. That's what adoption is. Adoption is wonderful. But he says, you have not received the spirit of fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. You now belong to me. Where now we can cry out, Abba Father. We can now call God Father because we belong to him. He's adopted you. You're his child. And you have the right and the privilege to call him father. Just like my grandson. Papa. I'm his papa. My granddaughter. Papa. I'm her papa. She understands this. They both know that they've been adopted. My daughter got them, set them down, talked with them. She wanted them to know. I couldn't have you. But I chose you. I chose you. I could have chosen a number. But I chose you. That's what adoption is. I chose you. God chose you. He chose you. You know. Our fears will only be removed when we love and trust in the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. When you give it all to God, and you know, to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, that was his greatest commandment. His greatest commandment. Of course, he had another one that said, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love Him with everything that's in you. Love Him with everything that's in you and watch the blessings that are to come. God wants to bless us. It's a thing. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. When we finally realize that our life is not our own, this life is yours. What does the Bible say? You were bought with a price. You were bought. Jesus Christ bought you with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He died so he could adopt you. He died so you would be his. That you would belong to him. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Christ. You know, When we finally realize, like I said, that our life is not our own and we live with the desire to serve God. How many really live with the desire to serve God, to be what God wants you to be, to do what God wants you to do? To be that person God wants you to be. That should be all of our desires. Lord, let me serve you. Let me be who you want me to be. Strive, desire for God to use you. You know, when we get this attitude, I think we can pray like Jesus prayed here in Luke 22, 42. You know, this is where he was in the garden. He knew he was ready to go to the cross. He knew it was time for him to die. Listen to how he prayed to God. Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, Father, not my will be done, but yours. How many of you said, Lord, not my will be done, but yours in my life? Scary, isn't it? When you say that, you better be ready for something to happen. I'll tell you right now. I said that one time. Not knowing what God was going to do but he placed me here over a pulpit. I said, Lord, I don't know how you see this, but I just pray that if I'm going to be in your pulpit, I will say and do whatever you tell me to do. That I will please you, that I will serve you to whatever capacity that you want me to do. I will be that person you want me to be. And I'll tell you what, I've had some, and I'll be honest with you, I've had some scary moments. But I knew that God was right there. And that removed any fear that I had. Because God is my Father. He's standing here with me. And He's going to let His will be done, whatever it is. I don't have to worry. And you can say that when you give your life to God. You know, when we begin to live each day for Jesus, I going to tell you something. Fear will begin to fade away in your life. When you're truly serving God, fear will begin to fade away. You won't have that fear that you used to have. 1 John 4.18 tells us, it says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Now this is where I want to come to. We also need to remember this, in what Second Timothy 1.7 tells us. We talked about this a while ago. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. So it says that that, that fear, the trembling fear, the scary fear, is not of God. It's Satan. He brings the spirit of fear. That is one of his main tactics that he uses when he comes against God's people. How many of you have sat there and been just frightened to death about something? Oh, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. And it never happened. It never happened. Satan will put the spirit of fear on you to make you fear and fear and fear and forget about God. And then it never happens. Every one of you in here, I guarantee you, have had a fear about something that never took place. It drove you up a wall. And it never happened. That's Satan. He's making you fear. He's making you tremble. He's making you worry. He's trying to take your mind off of Jesus and his love for you. That like I said, this is one of Satan's greatest weapons that he uses is fear. And it works. You'd be surprised how many people have called me or I've just talked to them and they get telling me about something going on in life, and I am so scared I'm so scared. I am so scared. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's my opportunity right there. I said, do you know Jesus Christ? Well, not real good. I said, I'm going to tell you something. When you accept Jesus Christ and you love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're going to watch fear fade away. Fear can't bear grip you like it can when you don't have Him. This is Satan's trick to bring you down, to make you worry, And to try to even keep you from accepting Christ. I bet you've thought about accepting Christ, hadn't you? Well, yeah. I said, that's where Satan came in. And now he's trying to change your mind about accepting Christ. I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll accept Christ and love him, like I said, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're going to see things change in your life, and you're going to see that fear fade away. And some of these guys I never got to talk to again, I hope that they did accept Christ. I hope they listened to what I said. But did you notice something? Some of these people I really didn't know. But they came to me, called me, talked to me. Because they said, I know you serve God. I know you walk with God. See, they didn't go sit at the bar stool and talk to some drunk there about it. They wanted to talk to somebody that might could help. Them. You'll be surprised at the number of people that will talk to you. Because you're in church. You know God and they've got some questions and they need some answers when they come to you answer their question, be honest don't try to just make them feel good you have to condemn them, condemn them for what they're doing this is what God says you do not do you're coming against the word of God and you're agreeing with Satan what you need to do is come against Satan and agree with God and watch what happens. So for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, his power, and love, his love, and a sound mind. The more we learn about God, the sounder our mind becomes. We see from this scripture right here. Fear is a spirit, and that spirit is not from God. God did not give it to you. Fear comes from Satan to distract you from God. Fear is Satan's main weapon he uses on God's people to keep their mind confused and not thinking about God. How many when you have been so nervous and so scared that you didn't even think about God? That should have been the first thing you thought about. The first thing was to come to God. God, you know what's going on? But God, my faith and my trust is in you. And I know that you can take care of this. I'm rebuking Satan right now. That whatever he has come against me with will not prosper. It will not happen. Because you're going to see to it that it doesn't. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. Refuse to let fear cripple your love and service to God. Let's pray that our love will increase. That's what we need to need. Lord, give me more love. Give me more love for you. Give me more love for the people I'm around. That our worship will intensify. How many of you just really, when when you come into God's presence, how many of you just really fall on your face and worship God? That's what you should be doing here in the mornings when we're singing. We're praising God. That should be a time that you are worshiping God with everything in you and giving praise and thanks that you're in here and not out there. Sometimes I just get, I don't know, y'all have to excuse me sometimes. But, uh, you know, we need to be thankful that God has placed us in here and not out there doing something else that we don't need to be doing. You need to be in here worshiping God, telling Him, Lord, thank you for all the blessings of my life. Lord, I'm here today to give you praise and to give you worship. Lord, I'm here thanking you. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. tell God these things. Lift God up. Praise Him. You know, we just need to boldly stand up and proclaim we will not fear in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to have fear because Jesus is living on the inside of me. And I'm going to tell you something. The good news is when we experience fear, we don't have to stay there. And fear is going to come on you. It will, but you don't have to stay there. You can abandon that fear. Listen to what he says here in Psalms 34.4. I love this. This is David. And he says, I sought the Lord, or I called upon the name of the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. God delivers you. And God will deliver you. As long as you have faith and trust in Him. Believe in Him. Know He's believe He's the Son of God and that He's living on the inside of you and He came to free you. He came to give you freedom. Fear is imprisonment. He said, I come that you might have freedom. Be free. Live for Christ. Get rid of fear. Rebuke Satan. And praise God that He is your God. Get rid of that fear. I'm going to ask the band, if they will, to come up. And uh, if you're here this morning, if you feel like, Lord, I haven't been as close to you as I want to be. I've kind of strayed a little bit. This would be a good time this morning to come up to this altar and you say, Lord, I need some time with you. I need to ask you to strengthen me To come up on me, strengthen me, and help me to serve you in the way you want me to. You know, God says, when you come to me and ask me to forgive you, I will forgive you. And I'll never remember it again. I'll never bring that sin back up. That sin is gone. You're free of it. And you don't have to think about it anymore. The devil's going to keep trying to make you think about it. So if you need just a few moments... Serve the Lord or talk to Him. Do it. Then right after this, we're going to take communion. We didn't do it first Sunday because of baptism, so we're going to do it today. I never want to go without taking communion. That's so important. But we will do communion today. We're just doing it a week late. than what we normally do. So if the band will, I'll be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you. I'll anoint you with oil, whatever you need. And we're not going to be here long because we're going to do the communion. So if you need to come down here and just have a moment with God, do it. Come down here and speak with your Lord and Savior.